Isn't it just a privilege just to journey with him and his family? It really is, you know. And I really thank our Lord for, for this. Now, Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for Joe and his heart, Father, and I thank you, Father, for calling of God that you have upon him, Lord. And I pray, Father, God, God you're um, covering over his family, Lord, and, and their beautiful family as well, Lord God. So, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that, you know, the word that Joe brings to God just emanates into our hearts, oh, Father. Mm. And, Lord, we thank you, Father, in your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, God. Thank you so much. Morning, everyone. That's loud, eh? Is that loud? Can you hear me? Nah. Okay, before we get into the word, we've got um, our series for the next two weeks. It's called Game Breaker. Oh, Game Breaker. Game Changer. Okay. So turn to the person beside you and say, Game Breaker. No, that's right. Oh, sharp. Sharp. Game Changer. Turn to the person beside you and say, Game Changer. It's like you're a game changer. Does anyone know what this thing is? All the kids are going, that's what my parents used to hold back the door. Does anyone know what this is? Hands up. Who does not know what this contraption is? Hands up. Phil, and you're lying. <laughs> You're old enough. Okay, so VHS, uh, the last blockbuster uh, is still around in Oregon. The last one in New Zealand just closed on Friday. Crazy, eh? Um, there's a, a United video in Papakura. <laughs> and he's still advertising on the Grapevine page. He's, he's just going for it. He's grinding it. He's trying to sell it. He's actually got some, uh, if you've got one of these at home, well done. Hold on to it for a few years. Uh, this movie, who remembers doing this with these VHS? Now, as a Samoan and as a Polynesian, in my family, when we couldn't afford to get a video, we waited until the video or the movie came on the TV. Then my dad would say, Joe, go and record the video or the movie that's on TV. For my dad, it was either Kung Fu, the Shaolin Masters, or it was Delta Force. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about again. Mm. But the amazing thing about this is that you could put a piece of paper in here and record anything. Cool, eh? And you could do the same thing with um, cassette tapes when you're listening to um, Love Songs to Midnight. <laughs> Why are you so? Some of you laughing? I know some of you still listen to that stuff. But the cool thing about this is that um, we don't get stuck in the past that there's always forward progression. Amen? And the great thing is that a few years later, someone devised an idea. Let's make things kind of like this. Does everyone know what this is? Yes, a DVD. We chucked a whole bunch of DVDs away. Why? Because my phone is somewhere else. But on, on our iPad at home, we can pick the movies now. It's crazy. Who thinks that's crazy? You know what? I used to work in Video Easy. $5.75. $5.75. That's how much I got paid an hour to work in Video Easy. I could open up and close up. And I used to sell this stuff. But now our kids are going, Dad, can we um, put on a movie? 
so we don't have to jump in the car, go anywhere, because everything's done on here. Crazy, eh? Who loves the fact that everything is progressing forward? Who doesn't like change? Hands up. Let's be honest. Who wish they were still... <laughs> Who, Alfred? I mean, who wish, Wilfred, Alfred, I'm calling people different names this morning. Who wishes that they were still doing this? No? We moved on from that. Amazing thing about progression is that over time and over history, we're not stuck in certain things. And I praise God that we're not stuck in this anymore. And we're not stuck in this anymore. But guess what? After this, there's going to be something else. Who knows that? For a long time, Steve Jobs, hands up if you know Steve Jobs. Obviously, some of you know him personally. But Apple came up with this whole idea that, well, I didn't need to carry around all my CDs and that CD. Who's got one of those CD carriers? Some of you still have your CD. I've seen it. CD carriers. And everything could be put on an iPod, an idea. A one idea that would change the game. Pretty cool. And that platform now has evolved, obviously, into many platforms. And his dream was this. Many years before, have you seen the, the documentary on Steve Jobs? He said this, that he wanted to see everyone have a personal computer, not just on their tables, but in their hands. Has his dream come to pass? Everyone around here has got a phone has access to internet, and has a mobile uh, connection and able to actually do everything you can do on a PC now on your phone. Now, it's, that's a game changer, right? So when you hear that word game changer, what does it mean? It actually means a platform or a person that changes the way of the normal. Throughout history, there have been people that have changed the game. There's a one young lady or one Christian lady who decided from the, her day at work that she would not get up. And you're probably wondering, well, she sounds a bit lazy. No, no, she was on a bus. And she would not get up. You probably wonder who? Her name was Rosa Parks. And she would not get up. Because she had a long day. She was tired. And she was, she was sitting in the wrong section. But actually, if you see the documentary on that, she was actually in the right section. They just moved the sign. And she said, I, I am entitled. I'm a human being. I am entitled to sit here. And what they did was actually chuck her off the bus. She was a game changer. Because that one action changed history forever for um, African Americans in America. A pastor by the name of Martin Luther King Jr. got a wind of this, got a hold of this injustice, and he became a game changer. And he actually started the civil rights movement in America. Why? Because one person made an action to not stand up. Sometimes in life we're given opportunities by God to do things like that, to make a step, to take action, to stand up for what is right, or in this case, to not stand up and do what's right. 
I want us to open our Bibles. We're going to read the Word of God and we're going to see how we can become game changers in society today. Are you ready? Nudge the person beside you. Are you ready? Okay, First Thessalonians. <laughs> open your Bibles to anywhere you want. <clears throat> now, First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, chapter 1. And it says this, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of Thessalonians, and God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all you, I continually to mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, everyone say faith. Your labor prompted by love. Everyone say love. And your endurance inspired by hope. Everyone say hope. And our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. With the Holy Spirit and a deep conviction. You know now, you know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord for you. Welcome the message in the midst of the severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The message, the Lord's message rang out from you. Not only into Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn uh, to God from your idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven when he raised from the dead. Jesus, who rescues us from this coming wrath. It's a cool scripture. Eh? I want you just to put your finger in there or put your marker in there. I want you to read for yourself when you go home. But I want to just tackle a few things here. There's a few things in here that um, I want to just bring up. And we're talking about game changer. What does it mean to be a game changer? It means not just settling for the normal. It actually means to change the game. That means when you get on the field, uh, like Aaron Cruden did. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I just coughed here. On, on Friday night when the, when the Chiefs were playing the Mighty Blues, Aaron Cruden came on and he was a game changer. He used his wealth of experience and his talent to change the game. Subtle movements here and there changed the actual look of that game. But the amazing thing is that over history, we've seen amazing men and women that God has actually seeded and planted onto this earth to change things. I want to talk about some other people who have changed things over time. Obviously, we've heard the news of Kobe Bryant passing away with his daughter Gigi, Gianna, and the, and the, and the other people that were on the plane that were who, whose lives were just taken just like that. 
As, as a father, I was thinking about this week just uh, how, much, how much more important it is to make the most of every moment. Because you don't know what's going to happen when you walk out those doors. And it's not to put fear in your life, but actually to say every moment matters. Every moment, every word matters. And if you're not making the most of your time and you're not making the most of your words, you're missing out on changing things in someone's life. Who remembers a, a rugby player by the name of Joe Lomu? Hands up. Now, when he came onto the scene, a number eight playing as a winger, everyone said, what? How can you do that? When you saw him run that fast and that agile and that good, you realized this guy was a game changer. The 95 World Cup that we don't speak about anymore was where he showed his prowess. Now, he, he showed his talent, his gifting, and he showed how powerful he was. Every time he touched the ball, he, he ran over people literally. Kobe Bryant, I said just before, he was a game changer. They say in the sentence this week that he was the most feared basketball player in a generation. That every time he got on the court, fadeaway threes, everyone was mindful that Kobe Bryant was on the court. Does that happen with you in your everyday life? In your faith and who you are as a Christ believer? When you walk in the room, do people get excited that you've come? Or they go, oh, you're here again. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't realize you're still alive. But it's amazing that we get an opportunity now in our lifetime to make a difference wherever we go. So when you go to your workplace, everyone's excited just to be around you, have a conversation with you. Even you're not speaking about God stuff, they just want to be around you because you bring this atmosphere and environment that's this kingdom and you bring it into that space where you actually go, you just need to sit there and go, man, there's something about you that I love. I don't know what it is. Now, you don't want that conversation where you go, I don't want to sit with you. Like high school all, all over again. The in crowd and not so in crowd. But you want to be that person that people, when you walk in the room, and I've said this before, when you walk in the room and people look at you and go, why did you walk in the room? And you know what? Some Christians can be very religious. Hello? 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 And we can't be religious because our faith in Christ is not a religion. It's a relationship with the King. Hello? And that needs to be reflected in every day. Now, I don't want you to go to your workplace and take the heaviest Bible you can find. I can't want my Bible with me. Just letting you know. Child of God is in the room. Now, if you're doing that, I'm telling you, you're not changing the game. You're becoming religious. But if you're living out the Bible, and people come and sit with you and go, can you just pray for me? Because I'm struggling. You can apply what you've read in the Bible that's been infused through you into their life. Because it's not like you go to watch a rugby league match on the sideline and take your Bible with you. Well, some of you do. Amen. But I'm just saying this, don't be religious. Live out of a relationship with Christ. Be supernaturally natural and naturally supernatural. That's how you'll change the game. How do we do this, Joe? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, there was one quote I want to share with you, and it was from a profound game changer. 
His name was Malua Fua Fafiu Setefanu. He's my dad. And he says this. I work in a factory so one day you will own one. Hello? And that was a lesson we lived with our whole life. I work in a factory hard. Wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning, get home at 2 p.m. Because I don't want you to live the same life. I want you to live a better life. Hello? Parents, you work hard because you're trying to progress your family. I want to speak into something before we get into some keys about being a game changer. I want to say this to you. Many of us in this room have lived with a poverty spirit. And you need to break it off. God has not called you to live in poverty. Also, you want us to be rich? No, no. He wants you to be financially secure. He wants you to be physically healthy. He wants you to be mentally healthy. He wants you to be spiritually dynamic. This is what God wants you. Because prosperity is not about finance. It's about everything. And God wants you to live in a place where you can live that out. What does it mean? That means, do I have to dress up differently? No, no. Some of you are wearing some gangster clothes, which are more expensive than some suits I've seen. But that's you. And it doesn't change who you are. What I'm saying is don't live that mindset. Because for so long, we thought that poverty was a locality. But let me tell you this morning, it's a mentality. You've got to change your mindset. It's a mentality that says, I'm not good enough. It's a mentality that tells you that I'm not strong enough or God doesn't love me enough. It's a mentality that says, oh, it's impossible. Hello? Who's heard that? I can't do it. No one else has done it. That's when you can be a game changer. Because right then, Rosa Parks sitting down on a seat in the 60s, she stood, she sat down. She stood, stood down. But she changed everything because of one action. Some of you are going into some entrepreneur stuff and you're going, but it's never been done before. God, you get to do it. You have the faith given by you, by God. Every day it increases the more you trust Him. But you've got to take that faith and activate it and actually say, I'm not going to settle for this right now. I'm going to settle for this. Because God gave it all. So I'm going to give it all. I don't want us to be in a place in this church that we come in and this is our mentality is that we can't do it, Joe. Our mentality is that we can do it. We're just going to make wise decisions along the way. If you're sitting here and you're thinking, I'm starting something new and no one's done it, go, go do it. Get it done. If God has spoken to you, Get it done. Along the way, get some counsel. Along the way, get some people around you who can encourage you. So what does it mean to be a game changer? Who wants to be a game changer? Number one, is this, your work produced by faith. That's number one. Is your work, the Greek word, and that word is called argon. Everyone say argon? It's the Greek word for action. So your action requires faith. Some of you today are making decisions based on fear. Well, I can't afford to live in Auckland, Joe, 
because the financial crisis has put me in a state where I can't save. That's not faith, that's fear. Some of us are living by feelings. Hello? Hope it's speaking to you because it's spoken to me. Some of us have made decisions because you're FOMO. Your fear, the fear of missing out. Don't make decisions like that. Oh, I gotta do it because I feel like I'm gonna miss out. Don't do it. Don't, 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 don't do it. You gotta have a faith decision, a decision that's actually directed by God. So have faith, have action. Faith is the gap that God fills. If you feel like you're looking at your finances and you're going, I can't do it, can't do it. Where's the faith in that? Because you need faith that God can fill. And that's when you get on your knees and go, I can't afford it now, but God, I know that you own it all. And this, this day, I declare, Lord God, that those, those things that the locusts have eaten all those years of my life, Lord, you return it back. Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name, that those things will come to pass, Lord God. Those things that you stored up, Lord God, will come to pass in my lifetime. Have you prayed like that? Because it's not faith when you don't pray. Because faith is believing that God will do it. We can pray for a young girl that couldn't walk last year. And I know some of us were going, Ooh, don't know, we shouldn't get false hope now. We shouldn't just highlight a joke because it's false hope, you know. What if she doesn't walk? We pray, we pray, and we pray. And today Alba's walking around. Today she's released. She's got a medal because she's walking around. See, faith is not based on what we think. Faith is, faith is based on what God has done and God is going to do. So our faith needs to see beyond the natural and see into the supernatural and say, God, I can't see it now, but I know you can do it. You can do it, God. And that's why I'm trusting you. If you take your notes, let's take this down. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. It says, For as by grace you have been saved through faith. Amen? And this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. Cool. Your salvation is a gift from God. God gave you the faith to believe in Him. Because some of us, we didn't even believe there was a God. Some of us believed there was a God based on maybe a statue. But we didn't have a relationship with God. But the thing is that it says here, not by your works. So you're not saved by what you do. So you can give as much money as to charity. That does not give you to a place in heaven. What it says is having faith in Christ gives you a seat with the king. And so no one can boast. It's, a, it's so good that we can only boast in Christ. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What? What? Did, what? He said we're not saved by works, but we need to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. What does it mean? It means this. You're not saved by the works you do. So you can't buy yourself to heaven. Hello? But when you get saved and you come into this relationship, you go, Jesus, be Lord of my life. 
I remember uh, the story of Kobe Bryant going after his 200, uh, 200, uh, after his 20th year in the NBA, he went to church and he just thanked God for the 20 years. And he thanked God for his ability to play the way he played. And also he was grateful that God actually gave him that ability. Pretty cool, eh? But the thing is that we can lose sight of this because we can settle. And God, when He saves you, He doesn't save you just to settle. Hello? God doesn't save you just to sit in that seat that you're sitting on right now. God has saved you for good works. God has saved you to be a game changer in your workplace. God has saved you to be a game changer in the business world, in the government. So if God has called you, some of you one day, young people, you're probably thinking, I feel like governance is my thing. Well, you pray about it, you trust God, and let Him open the doors for you. Some of you young people are in governance already. But maybe that's a door that God puts you in so you can shine brightly for God. William Wilberforce, in that movie Amazing Grace, prime example of a governance person in politics, a politician, being set up by God to be used throughout history in one moment in time. You could be like that. Today, you could be sitting here thinking, I've got this invention. I've got this invention. I don't know. It's from God. I know because I haven't seen it around. I've checked on Google and it's not around, but I know it's from God. Maybe God has given you the designs to actually do something that will innovate and change the world. Crazy, but it can happen. Maybe God's given you a business idea, an entrepreneur idea that you know is God, and you're going, oh, is it God? It is God. Because you feel a peace in your spirit about it, but you haven't actioned it. But it tells us God, God reminds us that it's an action. Faith is an action. So you need to action it. What does it mean? It means you've got to put yourself out there. That means you've got to get the right counsel from the right minds so you can make sure you're on the right track. Hello? If you're sitting here and you're wanting to do something like that, I would ask you, if you've got that peace in you, if you know it's God, because God gives you the peace that surpasses all understanding in many decisions. And that's when you know it's God. It's totally God. You're not confused anymore because the devil is a, is a father of confusion. But God gives you a peace that you know that this is right. I've got to do this. I've got to do all my nuts and bolts, but I know this idea is going to change the world. Hello? That could be you. So your work produced by faith. Zach, can you come up here, please? Thanks, Zach. This is Zach. Everyone give him a hand. Check that on. I'll right, put this on first. Look very handsome. So God, God has given you everything to be a game changer. He's equipped you with the gear. Right? You got everything? You got your Bible? Yep, that's all you need. Faith and grace, that's fine, that's salvation. But he's given you everything. Armor, fully prepared. But he's also called you to not, imagine if Zach was on the field and he was just standing there. And they call a play like, audible, audible, and he's not ready for it. They probably know, sorry. But it's a change in game. If Zach's not ready to receive, that means he's not ready to go. Hello? 
So Zach's prepared. Are you ready? Go stand over there, bud. So if God gives you something, see, God's always so generous. He's so loving. He's the creator of heaven and earth. Hello? And so our creativity stems from God. And God might drop something in your spirit that's like, whoa, that's definitely God. You've got to receive it, and then you've got to give it away. The thing is that, and Zach has to catch it. You can't, if God gives you something, you have to catch it. You have to catch it. You want to drop it, Zach? Just drop it, just drop it. The thing about life is this. God's going to give you many opportunities, but it's up to you to catch it. Hello? And that's how you can change the game. Now he can go and do what he needs to do when he gets it. Many times in life when God gives us stuff, we'll just go, oh, I'm not ready. This is our prime example. I'm not ready, God. I'm too young. I'm too old. I can't catch. We make every excuse in the world not to be used by God. I've only known God for a week. Another excuse. I've only known God for 50 years. It's time to change the game. Go long, man. Sometimes in life you can be given opportunities, but fear, we prayed about this morning, will hold you back. The person you look at the mirror every single day is going to hold you back unless you change and renew your mind. When you look in the mirror tomorrow, see a different person. I'm not the same person as I want. If you want to stay at the gym, our coach loves to say this, if you want to stay in 2019, stay the way you are. Okay, and I thought to myself, that's such a good line. <laughs> that is such a winner. So my challenge to you, if you want to stay the version you were in 2009, just stay who you are. Just, stay, just engrave your name on the chair. Stay where you are. But if you want to grow in 2020, you've got to change the game. If you didn't pray last year, pray this year. If you didn't read as much as you wanted to, change it this year. It's not like I'm going to come with a helicopter and check out if you're reading the Bible. The thing is this, you've got to change it up. You can't do the same thing. And it's a lesson I'm personally learning that I need to change the way I think about things so I can change things up. If you're doing the same thing that you did in 2019, 2018, 2017, that's okay. Settle for nothing. But if you want to change things up, if that's you, change it up. Change the way you do a family life. Change the way you talk to your wife or your husband. Change the way you communicate with your extended family. Change it up because that's how you will change things. Your labor, number two, is your work. Obviously, number one is your work produced by faith. And that means you need to action it. Number two is your labor prompted by, by love. Okay, I need three volunteers, three volunteers who are good at press-ups. <clears throat> press-ups. I know some of you have no idea what a press-up is. 
I just discovered it last year. Okay, come on, press ups. Oh, look at this. Yeah! Game changer! Game changer! See, while all the young guys are going, oh, really? I don't want to be embarrassed. Kahu was like, yeah, yeah. My turn. That's your one. At your level. You, you run your race. Okay, two, see, as soon as you got up here, anyone got scared? That chicken, that chicken. Anyone else? Anyone else? Did you hear that? Come on. Need two more. All of you like, yeah, come on. One more, one more. One more. David, come on. Yeah, David's coming. Marty, you come up then. Yeah, oh, come on up. Now, four, come up. Here we go. So get into position that you're uh, comfortable with. Uh, for the men, obviously straight. Legs. For the ladies, you can do knees. Okay. I want, if you can't see at the back, come closer. Come, come. Come see some game changers. Come, come up. Come, come. Now, now. Oh, rest up, rest up, rest up, rest up. Just relax, stretch it out. Okay, so what I'm saying is this. Faith is an action, yes? So faith is also the muscle you need to work. It's the spiritual muscle you need to work. So right now, they're going to work their spiritual muscles. Cool? And also their physical muscles are going to get a workout. But love here in verse 2 says this. I want to explain this before we get into this because I want you to understand. It means this, your, your labor... Prompted by love. That word labor in there is the word kapos. Everyone say kapos. Like the boss. Kapos. It means work until fail. Hello? That means when you're exercising your faith, you got to keep on going until you fail. So we're going to do that right now. So do as many as you can. Okay? Okay? And what we want to do is that there's a great cloud of witnesses around you, encouraging and stirring you on. That's what the Bible tells us. So when you're activating your faith, are you ready? Ready, go. Come on, cheer them on. Just for those listening online, they've got people doing press-ups until they fail. That's the way. That's the way. Come on. Where's the encouragement? Where's the encouragement? Just go into it. You can do it. You can do it. Come on. Come on. Where's the encouragement? Where's the encouragement? Wait, wait, wait. Dave, 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 Dave. So when we see this, and David's given up, but that scripture tells me this. You've got one more in you. You got one more. You got this. You got another one. You got another one. You got another one. You got another one. Come on. You got another one. You got another one. You got another one. Awesome. Awesome. Come and give David. Give them all a round of applause. Woo! <laughs> Nan's still going. <laughs> you can stop now, Nan. You're a game changer. 
So, so what, we, what we're trying to learn here is that our faith needs to be activated. And those amazing people up here that done the press-ups, they were working their muscles that they'd never discovered in their life. They found muscles that were in groups and areas that they never knew existed. But the thing is this, they kept on going. And when the encouragement comes from the saints and the cloud of witnesses, what it does for them is they push through. And it's not like a, a harsing of, oh, you, oh, I guess you couldn't do it. Because that's not love. When someone comes into your life and they've failed, you just go, oh, well, you're not good enough. That's not the attitude. That's attitude. You've got one more in you. You've got, you got, you got a journey into you. Don't give up now. That's the attitude we need to have. And I pray that we understand that. That's, when we're actually in our faith, we're working those muscles. When the person goes, I'm done, you go, no, you're not. There's a person in the Bible that's, his name is Caleb. Great name. And, and I really reflected on this when we called our son Caleb, is that he was never settling in his life. When they went into the, uh, the promised land, him and Joshua came out with a good report. He was the older man. And he said, there's no, I can see the giants. We're going to still go in, carve it up, get the land, bring it all back, you know, all the stuff. I'm going to conquer it. And when he got to the end of his life, he said this, there's still the hill country. I'm not done yet. Hello? That's a game changer. See, the mindset's different. See, some of you and who are listening online as well, some of you are thinking to yourself, I'm done. Done my dash. That's it. No, you haven't. You just need to change your mindset and say, actually, there's still the hill country. It's still my family that I haven't actually stayed around and hung around, and that's my hill country. And maybe I need to be a good witness to them. Or maybe God's placed you in a workplace that you're surrounded by people that are, are doubters, they're in dark places, but you bring the love and the hope and the faith that Christ has instilled in you to that circumstance and that, that workplace. The last thing is this. Number three is endurance inspired by hope. Everyone say, Hupo Mone. Hupo Mone. And it says this. The endurance, the word there means this, the patience or the endurance to push through. So you're actioning, you're working until you fail, because you know that you'll fail, when you fail, you can get back up again and keep on going. But the last thing is this, your endurance to push through, the patience to push through. If we are being impatient with God, we're not able to push through. But God wants us to push through. Amen. If you're praying for something, God wants you to push through. Keep on praying. Keep on pushing through. Because when you do, you change the game. And you change the things around you. There's a few questions I want to ask you. Uh, question number one, does your faith or does your love still prompt you to do things for others? Does the love for those around you still prompt you to serve? 
in church context, a lot of people don't want to look after the kids because it's at the back. But in our culture, in our environment here, our heart is this, that they're part of our family. They're not the little church on the side. They're part of the big church here. And we need to bring those people through and the young people through. And what I say by actually saying that is actually, do you love enough to serve in an area like that? The greatest weapon we have is love. Are you loving enough that you get a love stitch? Who knows what a stitch is? Who's gone on a few runs, long runs, and you go, ah, oh. who's had that happen? You're gonna, if you haven't had it, run longer, okay? Just keep on running, okay? Until someone finds you one day. But the thing is that when you're running, thanks, son. This guy, he loves his dad enough to go and get this. But the thing is this, I love stitches this. You can't, you, you get to that place where you're oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. I, I remember when I done my marathon one day, one marathon, many days ago and I had a stitch by the 16k and I had and I sat there for a while and I thought to myself you know I can still do this if I just walk and walk it out you know who's had that feeling yeah just walk it out and hopefully it'll go and when you're walking it out at least you're still moving at least you're going in the right direction but that love that stitch there was with me and it just reminds me that I was able to give my all a stitch Reminds you that you're able to give your all. And that's what we need to do in our lives. We need to love by giving our all. There are people in our lives that we haven't spoken to for a few years. That's not love. That's just trying to be convenient and actually separate yourself so you don't have to talk to people. Hands up if you've got people around you. And I'll be honest with you. I'll put my hand up as well. Who... I need to release forgiveness to. Hands up. Well, this year, let's have a love stitch and start to forgive them. Because love is the antidote for that fear of actually forgiving someone. Are you still living on hope? Are you still giving others hope? And I pray that we are. Honestly, I pray that we are. The people come around us and they give me, they actually go, man, I love being around you because I feel so hopeful about the future. If your conversations are not filled with love, faith, and hope, then maybe this year it's time to change the game. This year you need to change the conversation. If, you're, if, you're, if you know someone that is another believer, another Christian, that always talks negative, you need to say, you need to change the game. You need to change it up because your negativity as a Christian is not attractive. It's ugly. That's why you have no friends. Because even as Christians, hello? Because you know some people out there that are Christians that don't act like Christ. And you're probably thinking, is he talking to me? No, I'm not talking to you. Don't be offended by this. But what I'm saying is this. A wonderful thing about the Bible is this. The Bible says this, is Isaiah 61 that God is going to make us into a righteous oak, a tree, okay? But we need to, obviously, there's some things that God, the anointing, though the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, He's anointed us. We heard that scripture before. Isn't that right? Because He's wanting us to be a righteous tree, 
A fascinating fact about a tree is this. A tree gives oxygen one mature, it won't say mature, one mature tree gives life to four human beings. Hello? 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 So God wants to be a, a tree of righteousness. So there's people around you who are affected by you. Hello? This should get into your spirits because every time you're walking around, you're actually affecting the people around you. So that means you need to change what's coming out of your mouth. You need to change the way you act. You need to change the way you actually represent Christ because people around you go breathing in the air around you and they're choking, <coughs> choking on your negativity. I thought you were a Christian. <coughs> you know, they're dying around you because you're not hopeful about the future. Hello? I keep on saying hello, but I don't get a response. But it's important for us. Oaks of righteous, four people around you affected. Isn't that cool that God used that analogy? It's so cool. So every time you go to work, you walk in that room and you're affecting people around you. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. When you go to the gym, breathe it in. Breathe it in. That's all positivity right there. That's hope, love, and faith right there. Breathe it in. And I pray that we live like that. When you go home to your kids, and I, I know, well, my kids, I've got to try and do this more. And when I walk in, they feel encouraged and hopeful and loved and faith-filled. With your family that you haven't spoken to for a while, I hope you go back and release forgiveness and start filling their space with love, faith, and hope. Because I go, I'm breathing what you're, what you're, what you're releasing. And it, it's good. <laughs> it's making me cry because it's so good. And they want more than isn't that a cool fact? My mind is blown. By the fact is that every time you're around people, you affect them. So tomorrow, when you go to work, you wake up in the morning and you say, you won't say, oh, God, it's the morning. You say, good God, it's the morning. Let's go. Game changer, ready to go. Breathe it in. Breathe it in. And I want to challenge you. To do that in your workplace, even in the, under your breath. Breathe it in. <laughs> Breathe it in. Okay, and then the car. Get you to a place where you're in the car and you go, I'm breathing in myself, God. I'm breathing in myself because I need the encouragement so I can release it to my people around me. And teenagers, with your friends around you, they're breathing what you're, what you're actually sending out to change the game in your environment. Are you ready, game changers? So next week we've got part two. There's only part one. I'm feeling really energetic for next week. I challenged myself this year that I need to be more active in actually preaching the Word, more deep. But at the same time, the way I preach has to change. I can't be the version I was in 2018, 2019. 2020 is going to be different. So guess what? Breathe it in. Breathe it in! And if you don't breathe it in, I'll come around you with my big branches and I'll get you to breathe it in. Okay, let's all stand to our feet this morning. Hope you're encouraged by that this morning. Game changers. Who's ready to go and change the world around them? <laughs> Some of you go. <laughs> That's all right. You know, you don't have to change tomorrow, but it will change. Your mindset has to be, I'm going to use this. I'm going to go into my own time of God, and I'm going to use this to propel me into actually changing 
my environment. Cool?